coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Pwn to Own Goes According to Land, White Hat Security Specialists Identify RCE Flaw. Next up, Threat Actors Rarely Cut Users Any Slack. And finally, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 81, recorded on April 11th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, all for pun and pun for all Abel. With me, co-host Chad, Ponytails Anderson, and last but not least, Tim, Discord and Crime, Helming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Kind of like some kind of a wolf or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost lunchtime. I'm on the oh prowl. Oh my gosh. Oh, welcome back, you two. Mm. Mm-hmm. Chad, I'm, I'm glad you're properly hydrated there based on that sip. Thank you. Yeah. Um, only the finest uh, coffee for me. I went to the uh, Russian grocery store. And purchased, I believe it's, it's Polish coffee, but it said on the front, made in the Soviet tradition. And I just needed that in my life. Uh, it's horrible <laughs> coffee, which you would expect from the Soviet tradition. Um, and I don't know if it's going to like give me cancer, but it's delicious. You know, the Russian grocery stores sound fairly anxiety inducing. You really can't take your time there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they they have a lot of like, uh, you know, there's a lot of candies, um, like there's these really fancy gummy bears. Um, but then there's also uh, these like very cozy gummy bears. Um, and then you get some dupes there, I think. <laughs> we need to make InfoSec candies. Gosh. Yeah. Add that on the list. That goes behind the burrito, though, I think, in terms of necessary creations. Yeah, I would I would love to bite the head off the fancy gummy bear. <laughs> I imagine you making like a ridiculous gleeful noise as you do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made in the Soviet tradition. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, per usual today, we've got two articles to discuss. And of course, we'll play our game Two Truths and a Lie. So for starters, we've got Pwn to Own Goes According to Land. So two Dutch white hat security specialists entered the annual computer hacking contest Pwn to Own and identified an RCE or a remote code execution flaw. So Chad, for starters, what is this event? Yeah, so Pwn to Own is a big event that's organized by uh, Zero Day Initiative and it's to find zero day vulnerabilities in common software, mobile platforms, that sort of stuff. Uh, with the goal of connecting, I guess, companies and the zero-day researchers through um, some good old cash money. So I think these guys um, got $200,000 for this RCE. Uh, but it encourages researchers to um, come to this event and report vulnerabilities that they find instead of uh, selling it on the nice gray market to governments and whatnot. So it's responsible disclosure at its finest um, it's a two-day event, I believe, and always some high-profile bugs come out of it. Absolutely. And and what types of companies then tend to volunteer as, we'll, we'll call them targets. I think that might be what uh, they refer to them as. Yeah, uh, software companies do because uh, they're, you know, it's a software thing. 
<laughs> yeah, wheelbarrow manufacturers have been notably absent. Yeah, the uh, the big zero day. Uh, if you remove the wheel, um, it causes the barrel to no longer function. Uh, but you have it with some mulch, you know. Yeah, perimeter very security, mulch. you know, in the form of the padlock on the barn can really help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of like, you know, big name firms um, that are there uh, usually looking to like get their software, uh, you know, a once over from additional eyes. Um, and, you know, it can be like a pretty high profile event, too, for um, I don't know if you need your reputation fixed because of a big security flaw before, like participating in things like that looks good, I think, to the security community. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it can probably be pretty nice, too, to show up as a big firm like Zoom and uh, walk away without having a huge vulnerability being discovered as well. Um, so it, it fits on both ends. Absolutely. There's been a little bit more that's come out of in terms of um PR from this event this year, but I, I won't get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just going to leave yeah. that there. Um, but who are these going back to these two Dutch white hats? What exactly did they discover then? I alluded to this a little bit in the intro. Yeah. So um, I got to admit, I don't know their names outside of their first names, which I won't butcher because um, uh, I have a hard time saying Dutch names <laughs> or any names really. Uh, but however, uh, <laughs> they discovered a string of vulnerabilities in Zoom desktop clients, both the Mac and the uh, Windows ones that led to full remote code execution. And can you just remind our audience really briefly about what remote code execution means? Uh, so r- remote code execution vulnerability or what is just commonly called as an RCE is when an attacker can run uh, remotely any arbitrary code on your machine. So uh, this is akin to complete takeover of your computer. Since once they can run local code, um, then elevating privileges or rather, sorry, escalating privileges and then dropping other malware, um, all of that becomes rather trivial. So RCEs are rarer and rarer these days um, just because of, uh, you know, software is getting smarter and smarter and there's things that spot anomalies, you know, with EDR and whatnot. So it's uh, interesting to see that um, they were able to get all the way to this RCE with just stringing three vulnerabilities together. The last big one that I think I remember seeing, maybe it was the Chrome event, where it ended up being like eight to 10 different vulnerabilities that they had to string together to get an RCE. So um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Always interesting. Yeah, I'm just curious too, now that, you know, there this vulnerability is known to Zoom, um, and they've been made aware of it. Has it been patched? And it, of course, it sounds like we don't know much about it yet until that that patch has or will happen. Yeah. So as of now, um, no, it hasn't been patched by Zoom. So um, people know that it's a series of vulnerabilities to get uh, RCE. So Zoom is aware of this. And I think they have 90 days. It's like typical um, responsible disclosure uh, before the researchers can choose to release or not. So presumably the folks at Zoom are um, quick to get out a patch for this, probably scrambling right now because they're aware, as uh, the rest of us are in the security community, that once um, someone determines, sees that there is an RCE in Zoom and it's been um, published about, they're probably scrambling to find that vulnerability and exploit it before it gets patched. Um, so that's just, yeah, they're probably race against time at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, and just to 
sort of tie a bow on this discussion, what are your personal thoughts on these types of events and organizations who participate? Do you expect that the vulnerability discovered by White Hats will help persuade other organizations to invest in events like Pwn to Own? Um, you know, I absolutely love these events. This is kind of what it's all about and uh, for security, I think, you know. Um, it gets a fresh set of eyes on software outside your teams and poke at them, find vulnerabilities, uh, make software safer, more secure for everyone. And then paying researchers, um, you know, a pretty good chunk of money to, um, sit there and work on these vulnerabilities for two days, like 200,000 bucks for two days of work. Not too bad. Uh, so I'm a big fan. I hope more and more companies participate every year in things like this. Um, this is kind of the, uh, the lighter side of the security community, I guess, when it comes to vulnerability research, because there's so much of this where uh, you can make so much more money, right? Just finding these vulnerabilities and selling them on the gray market um, uh, to government organizations or whatever. So uh, this is what I hope more companies would participate in. Um, this is things like Pondown. It seems like it would change the overall attitude around organizations accepting just openly outside of these events um, some feedback on their security gaps, if you will, because there have been so many stories, of course, of folks coming in and being like, hey, there's this major issue, and then they get a fun email or good old USPS uh, legal <laughs> verbiage, yeah. we'll say. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully it does eventually change that stigma a bit. Well, I think I think these things have also helped um, change a little bit the the response to having bugs. Like, you know, it it's not so long ago that it was really kind of a, a huge reputation hit and sort of shocking if a company had some kind of a security vulnerability or flaw that was uh, known publicly. And it's become much more accepted that everybody's going to have bugs. Uh, no software is perfect. And just like kind of everybody's going to have breaches at some point or another. And it really has turned to the point of pride isn't that you never can have a breach or a, or a bug in your software. It's how you respond when, it, uh, when the inevitable does happen. It's the everyone poops book that we've all needed. Everyone has bugs, you know? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, an excellent all, analogy. I've seen yeah. that T-shirt, by the way. Everyone poops. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking of the "I poop today" T-shirt, which oh. is you know sort of like I I had a software vulnerability and I fixed it. Yeah, oh, I have both of those, but they're like they're like uh, shorts, you know, and they're like those juicy shorts that used to have that across the back. It's those phrases on them. I, I don't wear them out of the house though. You mean like do they say I had an RCE vulnerability, but I patched it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty cool. For I found an shorts. RCE and I liked it. <laughs> Is that a Katy Perry song? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, this one it's it's not our typical hoodie rating scenario. This kind of gets into the goodies realm. Our warm chocolate chip cookies of. Uh, of rating systems. So Tim, based on what you've heard and what you've read, what would you think about this on a, a goodie or a hoodie rating? Well, yeah, I, I'm going to go with goodies cause, um, the hoodies are impossible really to know. RCA, RCE rather is bad, but we don't know what potential mitigating circumstances there are or how hard it is to pull off. Right. So it's, it, there's a lot of, there are a lot of unknowns about this and I do hope zoom, you know, gets that fixed. Uh, so from the point of view of goodies, 
Um, I will say six goodies. I'm kind of just pulling that out of the air, but I'll say it based on the fact that RCE is a big deal and Zoom is a big deal. Um, so I think that adds up to six. What do you think of that, Chad? You know, I'm going to make a new scale. Um, really just work it here. I'm going to do, I'm going to have shoodies. I'm going to have 10 <laughs> out of 10 shoodies that other companies should um, respond in the way that Zoom has here. You know, I love to, <laughs> you know, I love to crack on Zoom and um, really any video conferencing software, anything that I've been forced to use during the pandemic. Um, I hate with a passion. So, uh, but like, this is a great way to respond, having that good chunk of money for these researchers, um, for finding something really important. That's just all around uh, great. So hope they get the patch out soon. And those researchers can drop the, um, you know, POC of what they found. And it'll be fun to look at. I spent about 18 hours on zoom this weekend. So, uh, I hope Oof. nobody, are nobody you okay? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, me and a few other people put on a worldwide ham radio emergency communications conference and actually it was awesome. Mm. It was a lot of zoom time. Yeah. You guys didn't use the radio for that? I was going to say. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? It's so ironic. I didn't touch a radio all bloody weekend, but, uh, you know. I think Alanis Morissette uh, would include that in the uh, updated version. I could have. Mm -hmm. If I had used Hamway and I could have done my whole connection over ham radio, but um, but I didn't do that because I didn't want to sit outside for the entire weekend, mm. which actually wouldn't have been a terrible weekend to sit outside. There you have it. The ham's important. <laughs> The ham is important. Ham in April. There it is. Oh, boy. Well, let's move on to our next article here. This one is pretty meaty, speaking of ham. So, threat actors rarely cut users any slack is our title. According to Cisco Talos, workflow and collaboration tools like Slack and Discord have been infiltrated by threat actors who are abusing their legitimate functions to evade security and deliver info stealers, rats, and other malware. So, Tim, in this really great report that was released by the folks at Cisco Talus, the authors highlight that collaboration tools allow threat actors to circumvent perimeter security controls and maximize infection capabilities. So what exactly would this look like? Well, Kelsey, you know how cheesy action movies always seem to feature a bad guy, and it literally almost always is a guy, hiding in a laundry cart or jumping off a bridge into the bed of a farmer's truck full of hay to evade detection. That's pretty much what you've got here, network style. Uh, if you can ride along in network traffic that's routine, then you don't trigger alarms that are looking for traffic to unusual destinations or using unusual tools. Threat actors in their heyday, huh? They are having a heyday, and we're going to find <laughs> out just how. So how... That's exactly what I was going to ask you. How is this malware delivered? And what I think what's important for our audience to understand a little bit about is this idea of content delivery network abuse, so CDN abuse. Right. So how's the malware delivered? Well, the user downloads it. That's why it's hard to detect as bad sometimes. You've got connections to a collaboration platform that the company's sanctioned and everyone's using. So if the criminals are able to create an appealing lure, they get victims to download something that ends up causing harm. Uh, often in the case of apps like Discord, the lures might be some kind of utility disguised as something uh, for Discord related to gaming, uh, since that's a primary use of Discord. It's social engineering, just like phishing, right? So 
Now, the CDN or content delivery network aspect of it is uh, sort of incidental in the sense that it just means that a given hard-coded URL will serve as the termination point for the connection. And being on the CDN, that URL is uh, A, almost always going to be a, an allowed destination, and B, reachable from all over the world with good performance, low latency, high throughput, uh, not to mention resilience. So it makes for a darn fine way to distribute malware. Ooh. Yeah. And speaking of why is this method of infecting victims so attractive other than what you just mentioned to threat actors? Right. So if you can sneak out of prison in the laundry cart, you don't have to construct some special getaway mechanism out of spoons and bubble gum and deflated footballs. You're using existing infrastructure that's always going to be there and available. Uh, the prison has to have some way to haul the laundry around. So online, if a malicious actor can use a popular service that uh, almost no company is going to block outright and that very few are doing deep inspection on for its command and control, then they don't have to create their own infrastructure for that. We know that when purpose-built domains and IPs are used, they almost always get burned after a period of time. They get added to block lists and detection rules and so forth. And so there's a cost to the actor in both time and money, though. It's probably usually stolen money, but still, you know, that chips away at the Lambo payments, right? So uh, if they're using Discord or Twitter, which we've also seen, or Slack or other sanctioned tools for C2, they know that those aren't going to get burned. It's a bit harder to pull off, but uh, since there are always advantages to having full control over the assets you've deployed for C2, but if you can make this work, uh, it's got some serious advantages. Tim, I have to know, were you watching Prison Break or something this weekend? I'm seeing a very clear... No, I was on Zoom for 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> were you sneaking Prison Break just during your breaks? No, oh I've gosh. just, you know, I can't confirm or deny whether I've ever seen how well I personally fit into a prison laundry cart. <laughs> well, the deflated footballs in the bubble gum really got to me. That sounded uh, very elaborate, so I want to... Was that in Prison Break? Uh, if it was, I, oh, I, I don't to think talk so. to the writers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got a hold so. of my story. Oh my gosh, too good. Well, so can you provide any examples of this happening on Discord or Slack? Thank you for breaking that down, Tim, by the way. Oh, sure. Uh, as far as examples of this happening, no, uh, I'd, I'd rather not do that. I jest. <laughs> so so let's start with Discord since we're already picking on it. Uh, I mentioned those lures that pose as gaming utilities. Those are actually token stealers. Uh, if you can steal these tokens, which give a user access to the Discord network, then you have the ability to stage uh, further tooling for whatever it is that you're trying to carry out. So once you have an access token, you can use Discord webhooks to post pretty much anything you want into a channel and it's off to the races from there. Not surprisingly, uh, one of the common infection types we see is, anyone want to take a guess? Right. I know that you guessed right, even though I didn't hear a darn thing from you. It's <laughs> ransomware, of course. So <laughs> pay to decrypt leak gap is an example. And once it's installed, we all know what happens next. At least we hope we know what happens next. The company refuses to pay the ransom. But uh, by the way, even when they're using CDNs uh, like Discord for earlier stages, some of these ransomwares are still using attacker-owned DNS servers for final stage exfiltration in C2. DNS is another one of those services that attackers love to ride along on since it always got to be available and it's relatively easy to hide in DNS traffic. 
DNS is like in all the movies, you know, where people jump on the back of the trolley, just catch a free ride, you know? Let's, let's is someone standing DNS. downhill from that trolley with their hand on a big lever? You know I feel it. like they are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, sort of moving ourselves away and out of the mosh pit up into the balcony, if you will. Are there any reasons you believe the trend in this collaborative tools acting as channels to infiltrate victims, uh, as why it's gaining traction? Well, in some ways, this has been with us for quite a while. So if you think of Twitter botnets, for example, you're usually thinking of political influence or disinformation campaigns, and there are certainly plenty of those. But we've seen bot Twitter accounts used for C2 for years. Um, the increase we're seeing in these collaboration platforms being used for malware distribution corresponds pretty predictably with the rise in work from home during the pandemic. When Discord was primarily used for gaming or other non-work purposes, it wouldn't represent such a useful mecha uh, mechanism for evildoers going after organizations. Evildoers. I yes. like that. <laughs> white white cats are being tenderly stroked around the world. <laughs> I always imagine hairless cats. Do they tend to have like are they are they white haired? Ah, yes, Doctor Evil has pervaded the uh, the zeitgeist. <laughs> always well, looking for that one million dollars. <laughs> Just win Pwn to own five times, dude. You're there. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, do you have any additional thoughts on how malicious threat actors are using legitimate infrastructure for C2? I know this is something that you've been talking about for quite a while. Yes. I think it sucks, and I'd like them to stop now. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Again, you I two jest. are sassy today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like it's I adjust or I redacted into the wind since they're not going to stop. The defenses for this have to be nuanced. Um, a fundamental thing to begin with is organizations who are doing the right thing by trying to make collaboration as easy as possible, nevertheless, have to make smart choices about what tools they support. There are a ton of them out there. And of course, you don't want to uh, just take a draconian approach and block them all, since that will redact it off your users and they'll just find ways around your security. But uh, if you can work with users to find out what an acceptable circumscribed set of tools is that everyone can live with, uh, that's a place to start. User education about this is still always a great idea. Like if you've never said, please don't download sketchy Discord gaming apps on your work computer, it's more likely that people will download sketchy Discord gaming apps onto their work computers. From there, things get a little more complex since the traffic is all encrypted. There are security tools that do uh, session termination and inspection of HTTPS traffic. And those might be worth a second look these days for companies that aren't using them. Uh, they can bit it be, those tools can be a bit of a pain in the redacted to manage, uh, but they uh, can also be mighty useful. But basically we need to accept that this is happening and then make some mitigation plans. Make sure it's terminated. That was a really bad impression. I'm sorry. And yet you were you're so right though. <laughs> Chad, you are uncharacteristically silent in opportunities to just make so much fun of me right now. I'm shocked. I'm sorry, I was checking Discord. <laughs> I sent you a picture. Did you get any cool apps on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm in some really good reverse engineering discords. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> which ones are you in? If you're comfortable sharing, if people want to join. Um, no, yeah, there's there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of fun ones out there. Um, well, there used to be the really good um, uh, VX Underground um, one, but they took that off because there were some companies that were mining uh, the discussions on there for Threat Intel that they were then selling, and that was stupid. Um, so now that's like a private IRC. Yeah, um, but back to Discord um, things. The um, Discord, well, and Slack as well, like have been cropping up so often in like samples that you find on Virus Total as a way to uh, be even the second stage, if not just the C2 or the initial way to distribute things. So um, there's a lot of just binaries floating around on there. I would say just because it is a, uh, you know, a, a regular thing now. Um, and I wish these companies did a little bit more to, um, I don't know get rid of these files but obviously like people are what how many how many uh gifs per day do i send you kelsey probably like 30 40 you know um and each of those is slightly larger than most malware would be um in file size so um, it's hard for them probably to hunt for all that stuff but uh yeah i'd say like six out of ten it's just a you know reduce that to three out of five um, it's just the normal, uh, the way that things are, I guess, is that those are great platforms to distribute things and to hide traffic in. And, um, that's, yeah, it's just the way it is. <laughs> we are just living the eighties today. <laughs> We're spinning all the hits. It's episode 81. So next. it feels right. It feels right. <laughs> oh, good point. Tim, how do you feel about that? A six out of 10, three out of five hoodie rating. I feel Let's like I love the way Discord. that Chad always reduces his fractions. Um, so I like that. So I think I will go with uh, 1.5 out of 2.5 also on this one. I reduce my fractions and my balsamic, Tim. <laughs> oh, I haven't made a balsamic reduction in a long time. That's a really good idea. Now, do you do the desserty kind of ones ever? Because uh, people do that if they're getting really fancy. Or or do you do just more of the savory kind of, you know, pour it over the uh, cutlet or something? Uh, that's a great question that um, I I can't actually answer because I don't think I've ever actually reduced. <laughs> that you sauce. should try it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's yummy. I, you know, if I have like a pork cutlet and I, I'm trying to decide like, am I going to spend time doing this or am I just going to cover it in sriracha? I'd probably just go with the sriracha because I'm lazy. That's this week pretty on reductive. Cooking with Domain Tools. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do drinking with Domain Tools. We should include the cooking show probably before that. Now that I'm yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, the sequence <laughs> is important, isn't it? It's very important. Especially where knives and machinery are concerned. Mm, certainly, certainly. Um, before we wrap up um, and move over to that two truths and a lie, um, I think last week we mentioned Security Snacks, uh, which is a Twitter handle that both uh, Tim and Chad are involved in. And it uh, went live last week with some just relevant handcrafted foraged threat intelligence so i i do recommend folks listening in to to follow and heed heed the iocs yeah joe slowick's on there too so if you're a fan of looking at the infrastructure that joe recommends yeeting into the sun there's lots of yeetable infrastructure coming up on security snacks 
For a last name is Slowak, the intel comes very quickly. It is so true. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> yeatables, I like that. It's like a, it's like edibles, but it's their yeatables. <laughs> it has a very Absolute opposite effect. Observables, <laughs> net, network observables become network eatables. Yeah. I, uh, could they be IOYs? Oh, yeah. Eatability. Yeah. Eatability. Do you have Yara rules for your yeats? I don't know if that could be done. Yeah, I, I think we've gone too far. <laughs> okay. On indicators okay, but- over cocktails sometime, uh, I don't know if I have it scheduled for this year, but in honor of Joe Slowick, I'm going to invent a cocktail called the Slow Joic. Slow gin in it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Alrighty, you two. Well, let's transition into Two Truths and a Lie. This is our classic game. Um, we, of course, have pivoted off of the classic two truths and a lie, but rather than sharing about ourselves so you can socially engineer us, um, we come up with three articles for the week, two of which are true and one of which is a lie. Um, So of course there's a point system and Tim is up this week at bat to try to deceive his close friends. (laughs) I know. Isn't that terrible? That's a terrible thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. Y'all ready? Bring it. All right, here we go. Clubhouse attempts to show that it can run with the big dogs by leaking personal data on 1.3 million users. Oklahoma vaccine appointment site defaced with anti-vax message because of course it was. Gigaset hit by supply chain attack, but in a show of German discipline, only users of older devices were affected. These are good. That second title really got me. I I laughed on mute. I'll have you know. I'm going to say the second one is a lie because I want it to be, but it's probably Mm. true. But I'm just going to be super optimistic. Try that on for size. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say the second one's a lie. Yeah, I'm going to go with the second one as well. You all are good that uh, that you are correct. That was a lie. Yeah, you can't lie to us, Tim. And we all knew Clubhouse was going to get popped eventually. And thanks, ridiculous. <laughs> if <true>. I could, <laughs> Chad, I could probably take like six or ten things that you say and just clip them in there because I think that's a pretty typical. Every week, it's like, ah, oh, you know, they're going to get popped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social media sucks. Zooming sucks. <laughs> burritos positive. Everything yeah, burritos else? positive. <laughs> burritos and liquor rad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you think uh, Newman's own would ever get popped? Um, I you know, I Do you think, think Orville that... Redenbacher would get popped. Oh <laughs> yeah. yes, definitely. That's what I was going for. Uh, <laughs> Does Newman's own even make? Is that even I a company? Did I just make that? Okay. No, it's a company. Yeah, I think they might actually make popcorn. I look into that man's eyes when I have my Italian dressing. He's a very nice smile. Um, yeah. But I I was trying to remember if I've seen that little face on popcorn before. But maybe well, I was mixing up with the Orville guy. Well, oh, they're, they're, you can't really confuse those, you know. Yeah. One one of them was a, a major heartthrob and uh, the other one <laughs> acted in movies. No, well, I'm Both kidding. of them are uh, pop culture. Ah, a good point. <laughs> So uh, I think that Newman's is going to participate in like Newman's Pwn to Own this next time around. Um, see if people can take over their dressing manufacturing plant. 
I've cha- I've swapped the French and Italian dressings here. <laughs> the world will be brought to its knees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, I've accidentally made Thousand Island. Um, They're addressing very important problems. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh well, thank you two for another great episode, Tim. It's it's a compliment that you cannot lie to Chad and I. I think mm. that is a very good trait. Especially when it means Chad and I win more points. <laughs> I will not <laughs> attempt to keep it up. <laughs> All right, you two, and to our audience, we'll see you next time on Breaking Badness, episode number 82. Have a great week, and remember, don't drink and click. Or do. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>